0: Well, good morning. Good morning, New Life Church. Good to see all of you beautiful people, smiling faces. I want to say welcome to all of you online watching and participating this morning. May the 2nd, 2021. I want to ask you to, if you can, go ahead and open your Bibles. We're going to be hanging out in, our, in uh, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Before you get there, I'm going to read a text out of the end of Matthew here in just a second. But we've, as Megan said, during worship we have been in this series and in more of a theme really, a spiritual theme called renewal. And really, it just means to begin again. I love that song that uh, they wrote and, and displayed for us for the first time today and how God is able to do things better than before make things newer and fresher than they ever have been in our life. And I believe that. I believe he, he wants to do that in, in, the, in this hour, in this day, in this time of our life um, <clears throat> where, where his spirit can be free in us and we can be free because of his spirit in our life and, uh, and all the things that Jesus can do. We, a few weeks ago it was Easter, uh, a month ago actually now, as we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how the resurrection brings, certainly brings renewal. Um, and then it was just a couple of weeks later, we talked about and celebrated how God can bring renewal through water baptisms. And incidentally, we, we have our baptism here uh, still on stage because uh, the Lord has instructed us just to, just to make this available uh, for the month of May. Uh, anyone who would like to get baptized, if you're watching online and you would like to get water baptized, we would love to do that and help you and help celebrate that public display of your worship to the Lord. And so at the end of each service throughout throughout the month of May, we're going to offer water baptism. So uh, just consider that if that's something that the Lord is pushing or pressing upon your your heart and your mind, okay? Okay. And, and then last week, a uh, very good message by one of our lay elders, Brandon Bailey, on relationships, renewal in our relationships. That's one of those words, messages, if you will, that you, you, just, you, you save and you, you, you hit replay every so often. And you just go back to remind yourself how to handle and how to walk through, how to navigate through the different relationship terrain that we all go through because more than anything, God wants to have our relationships be life-giving. And, uh, and so, very good word that he brought last week. Today, I want to talk to you about renewal through discipleship. Renewal through discipleship. And uh, let, me, let me read a portion of Scripture out of Matthew 28. Today's uh, text will be out of the Passion Translation. This is right after... Not long after the resurrection of Jesus, and but before his ascension he, uh, to heaven, he spent about 40 days with his disciples post-resurrection and before he, was, before he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. And, um, and he took those 40 days to express and to expound and just to make sure his followers were good and they were ready to move forward. And here, here's what happens. The, it's called the Great Commission text. It says, Meanwhile, the eleven disciples heard the wonderful news from the women and left for Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them, the disciples. Everyone say disciples. So the moment they, the disciples, saw Jesus, it says they worshipped him, but some still had lingering doubts. Some still had lingering doubts. You know... The disciples saw him, worshipped him, but then there were still folks around them that saw this same Jesus alive, but yet still had some lingering doubts. You know, I think that still happens in our life today. We see the expression of Jesus. We feel the warmth of his presence, the power of his presence, no doubt. But yet there's still part of life that we go through where we still have lingering doubts. Can he do it? Will he do it? Is he who he says he is? Can he really work this thing out in my life? Can I trust him enough to relinquish control and surrender all to him and surrender to the process as we were admonished earlier to let Jesus work things out and give, it him, give him his time frame and not our time frame. And then, and then so here's what happens. They saw him, they worshipped him, some still doubted. Then, it says, Jesus came close to them. I love that. In our doubts, Jesus comes close. If you're doubting today about whatever in your heart, in your life, in your situation, thing, things that are going on with you, around you, whatever it is, Jesus comes close. He sees our doubts. He's not afraid that if we doubt... Because he's just going to move a little closer to us. He's going to move a little closer to you today. It said he came close to them. And then here's what he said. He said, All authority of the universe has been given to me. All of it. He says, now, wherever you go, hey, wherever you go in life now, you, you you can trust me. You don't have to doubt any anymore. Even when doubts try to arise, you don't have to let those doubts be greater in your heart or your mind? Because he said, all authority has been given to me. He was dead, he was buried, but he was resurrected and he lives. And he said, I have all authority working in my life right now. And here's what I want to tell you. Wherever you go in life, you can trust me. You can lean on me. You can rely on me and I, because I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. And he goes on to say, I also want you to make disciples of all nations, everybody. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And take your time to teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And then he leaves this, And never forget that I am with you every day even to the completion of this age. Never forget that I, your Lord, your Savior, Jesus, the risen King, I am with you every day. So wherever you go in life, you can trust me, you can rely on me, you can lean on me because I want you to follow me. And as you follow me, I also want you to go and make disciples. I want you to also invest in other people's lives. Make sacrifices. Give your time and your attention and your devotion to others and help them to see the truth by how you live it out, how you follow me, how you live your life. And just remember, don't forget, you're not doing this on your own. You're not by yourself trying to make it. You're not just trying to willpower yourself through life and overcome temptations and say no to certain things and yes to certain things. No, it doesn't work that way. He said, I am with you my life is in you is in you me i am living in you and i am with you and i will be with you every single day so it brings us this great commission that jesus speaks of this way of life in following christ new life church has currently have six guiding core values two of those are being discipleship driven and being great commission focused being a disciple is about intentionally following Jesus is about putting one foot in front of the other and one day at a time looking to our Savior, looking to Jesus' life and His model and His example and His word and seeing how He lived it out. He calls us to follow Him, to let Him transform us. We don't change ourselves. The Holy Spirit changes us. You can't change somebody else. You can just pray that the Holy Spirit will do what the Holy Spirit wants to do and can do in that person's life. It's frustrating when we can't change people. It's like I try to change my kid's mind on something sometimes. It, it, it's, 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 it's difficult. As a dad, it's difficult. It's challenging. But at the same time, wherever we are and whatever we got going on in our life, we can't change other people. We have to let the Holy Spirit do that. And we have to yield our life to ask the Holy Spirit to check our hearts and to check our issues so that we know that, hey, you're working on me too. Amen? Say, so He's working on me. A disciple is one who intentionally follows Jesus and lets the life of Jesus change and impact them. And being Great Commission focused is, is being intentional as a follower of Christ to make disciples. You don't have to have a title, a position in the church to make disciples. Jesus never set it up that way. He called each of us as his followers to also then make more followers, to make more disciples, people who intentionally follow him that's about proximity and obedience and interaction with Jesus and with each other that if we're going to follow Jesus we have to be close to him we got to get close to him we got to trust him to lean in and rely on him we need to be willing to follow his word and obey him and what he says and what he says hey don't do this but live this way stop acting this way but start acting this way change this about you let this mindset not be the greatest thing in you but let this mindset rule in your life it's all about surrender it's all about letting the work and the power and the life of Jesus be alive in us and transform us it's also about interaction Jesus wants relationship it's not about all it's not the do's and the don'ts of religion it's about the relationship with our god wants interaction, but then also to make disciples, we also got to be close. We, we have to be willing to show ourselves to one another, and we have to be willing to interact with one another. As a disciple, in following Jesus, you will fall short. We will all fall short. But the good news is we will all get back up. You may fall short, but you will get back up. As a disciple maker following Jesus... You're going to show others that you're not perfect. And I guess that's probably one of the the, um, difficult challenges of being a disciple maker as a disciple is that, hey, we have to be willing to show our real self that we're not perfect. But at the same time, we show I'm following the perfect one. Even though I'm not perfect, I'm following the perfect one who will help, who will guide, who will heal, who will cover, who will forgive, who will empower, who will change, who will transform and do all of the things that he knows to do. So it's one day at a time and one step at a time. Renewal through discipleship. I want to preach a message I've titled today called, out of Luke chapter 5, called From Now On. From Now On. It's actually going to break down Luke 5, the first 11 verses, in three sections, the call, the cast, the catch. Any anglers out there? <laughs> Look at this, Luke 5, verse 1. The call. On one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. You know, there there are... There were all, there's always a vast multitude, there's always a crowd in this world who really are pushing in to try to hear the words of Jesus. There's, there, there's the masses, there's the multitude, there's the crowds who are in this world. Some, whether they realize it at the moment of life or not, they, people want to hear good news. People want to hear good news, especially in this day and time. People want to hear good news not just, hey, the sun is shining, celebrate the creation, absolutely, but that Jesus, the good news, is, is alive and he loves us. People want to hear that. They really want to hear that. And here's the, here's, the, here's the next thing. Look at verse 2. It says, he, Jesus noticed. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby, rinsing their nets. Though there was a multitude around him, Jesus noticed one you might feel like you're a, you're you're alone in a vast majority of people feeling like your life in your situation though it's unique to you you may feel like you're the only one going through something or that you're the only one dealing with something or you're the only one who might be experiencing something but here's the thing jesus sees you Jesus notices you and says he noticed these two boats and, these, and the fishermen that were nearby. He sees you. He sees you. Verse 3 says he climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter. And his, the rest of this story, we're going to look through the eyes of Peter, through the eyes of Simon Peter, on how Jesus works And calls us to follow him. And how he wants to use us to compel others to follow him as well. So Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter. Not only does Jesus notice you and he sees you, but he also wants to be in your life. He climbed into the boat. Jesus wants to be in our life. Second half of that says... Jesus asked Peter, he said, hey, let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so that I can speak to the crowds. Jesus wants to use your life for his purpose. We're going through life trying to figure it out, trying to understand it, trying to make sense of things, trying to comprehend situations and whatever we go through how God can use our life, how God can show up in our life in, in, in a year after a pandemic, how he wants to still shine in the church, how he still wants to use his believers, use his followers to show the love of Christ to a lost and hurting world, to not get lost completely in the politics of the game but to remind ourselves and reassure ourselves that Jesus is our king, not anybody else. That Jesus is our voice, not anybody else. Jesus is our shepherd, not anybody else. Jesus is the one who walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus is the one who, who leads us beside still waters. Jesus is the one who quiets our soul. Jesus is the one who makes my cup run over and overflow. Jesus is the one who can make... Make me sit in front of people who don't like me, and yet Him still love all of us. Jesus is the one who can make goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, even when I don't think I'm worth His goodness or His mercy. He wants in our life, and He wants to use our life. He wants to use your story for His purpose. then verse 4, it says, Jesus sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished, he said to Peter, Now row out to deep water to cast your nets and you will have a great catch. Jesus wants to enrich our life and make our life greater as we trust him as we rely on him and as we follow him i'm not talking about all the the materialistic natural resources of life those those are some things that he can do, and as the Father promises, he will take care of his followers and take care of his people as he looks after the birds of the air and after he looks after the fields and after the lilies in the field, all of those things. He has, that's how God our Father will work, but that's not what Jesus is talking about. He does. He wants to take care of us in those ways, but he also wants to make our life greater and richer from the inside the turmoil of life, the situations of life, the trauma of life, the setbacks of life, the the letdowns of life, the disappointments of life, those things, what do those things do to our soul? They erode. They, they, They come to take away. They come to break us down. They come to take our hope. They come to make us doubt. They come to make us lose sight of why we are here. And that's what Jesus is saying to Peter. Peter, I know you said you would follow me, And here you are going back to your old way of life. Well, Peter, I stepped into your boat. I stepped off into your life because I want to show you that I love you, that I want to be in the center of your life, and I want to use your life for my purpose, Peter. That I want to give you something worth getting up on every single day. Because fishing business is not going so hot these days. And he said, Peter, just step out a little, cast off a little deeper and cast your net for a great catch. I want to show you something, Peter. I want to show you something that when you will just trust me, I will enrich your life and I will make it greater, more than you can ever make it on your own, more than you could ever make it on your own. More than you can ever... I don't know who this is for. More than you could ever make it on your own. I want to be in your life, and I will make your life greater. And that's what he wants to do. And he calls us to that. He compels us to that. I will never forget this summer. would be 27 years ago, if my math is correct, and it, maybe it is. hope it's close to that. That I was... I was in a I was on a mission field in White Post, Arizona. We were ministering on the mission field to the Navajo Indian Reservation at the time. And I was about to enter into college, my freshman year. And just trying to figure out life, trying to, you know, do what I'm supposed to do, I guess. And and I will never forget, I was the worship service had just ended, and and I felt this kind of overwhelming thought hit me. Is the Lord impressing on me? I'm calling you into the ministry full time. I didn't know what that meant. Didn't even know if I heard it correctly. Didn't even know what that would mean, obviously. But I will never forget the moment he called me there. He called me into the ministry was letting me know I see more in you than you see in yourself. And I have more planned for you than you could ever plan for yourself. I have platforms for you to stand on. I have people I want to put in front of you and in your life that I want you to lead one day. I never will forget that nearly 27 years ago. The call, Jesus calling us, and I'm not talking about we're all called to full time ministry. Obviously, that's not the case. Sometimes I wonder if I should even still do it because I'm like, are you sure you still got the right person here? You still you get, you you still confident in that decision twenty seven years ago? He's like, I'm before you were ever born. I already thought of you. Before you ever existed, I already had a plan for you. I don't call people by mistake. I don't butt dial somebody. See, that doesn't happen with me. When I call you, I call you. When I name you, I name you. When I see you, I see you. And he calls us because... He wants to use our life for a greater purpose. Each and every single one of you. Those of you watching online, those of you here today, he wants to use your life for a greater purpose. Let's get into that the cast, the next section. You guys ready? You guys following? The the cast, verse 5. The cast is about total surrender. This is where it gets interesting. Because we get, we, we get saved, Jesus' love just is so huge in us. Then he wants to start working on us. Then he wants to start changing us. Then he wants to start transforming us because of what he wants to do in us and with us. Total surrender is about giving our whole self up to the life of Jesus to fill us, to, complete, to sustain us, to empower us to be everything he created us to be. It's kind of like the fish going after the bait. The fish going after the bait. The bait's been cast, it's been set, and then the fish goes after it and latches onto it. Hook, line, and sinker. That's the kind of catch Jesus wants with us. He wants us to go towards His cast, and He cast it our way. Verse 5. Says Peter replied, Master, we've just come back from fishing all night, and we didn't we didn't catch a thing. We just came back from fishing and we've been out there all night. That was the typical time frame of fishing, was at nighttime. In a lot of cases is today. Just came back from fishing all night. We didn't catch anything. Peter. Jesus in his boat, Jesus speaking to him, and he's wanting to show him something. Peter, cast out, go row out a little deeper, cast your net for a great catch. I want to show you something. Well, you're just going to show me I'm not good at this? Is that what it is? You want to show me how bad I am at this? <laughs> you want to show me how, how inexperienced I really am at, at this fisherman business? What do you want to show me? What do you, want, what you got to prove to me? What do you mean, cast out deeper? We all have reasons like Peter on why we don't want to follow Jesus the way he wants us to follow him. Cause us to take up our cross and follow him, make sacrifices, humble ourselves, have a better attitude than we've ever had before. Don't think this about so-and-so, but think this way. Pray for those who spitefully curse you and persecute you. All those stuff, bless those who are against you. What? Come on, get out of here. Be kind. Be nice. Be different. Well, I am. I promise it will change your life. <laughs> Little did he know, speaking the gospel, be different like Jesus. But we all have reasons on why, right? Every single one of us do. Every single one of us have reasons why. But then he says this in the second half of that. Peter says, but, okay, I get it. We're tired. We've been out all night. I hadn't caught a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again. We'll let down our nets because of your word. I failed last night. In fact, truth be told, Jesus, I've been failing every night. I hadn't caught anything in quite some time. Whenever I decided to go back to doing it my way, hadn't—it hadn't been so good. It hadn't been so great. I failed. So what are you looking for, Jesus? Are you trying to prove to me I—I'm I, a failure? Are you trying to get me just to give up here? No, Jesus is not looking for perfection. He's looking for openness. He's looking for openness. How open are we to Him? Even when we feel like we might have failed, even when we feel we might have let down, how open are we to Him? And the question is, will we fully open our life to Jesus? Truly, fully open up. Verse 6. Well, when they pulled up their nets, they were shocked. They were shocked to see a huge catch of fish so much that their nets were ready to burst. They were shocked. Peter's like, all right, I've been, we've been up at this all night, didn't catch anything. We failed. We've been failing. We haven't been good at this. We haven't been successful trying to do life my way, Jesus. And you tell me to go out one more time after you just got through preaching a cute little message to all these other people out there. And here I am sweating it and tired and weary and worried. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to get by? What is life really all about? How am I going to get through this season of life? And here you go telling me to go out deep one more time, cast my net for a great catch and here we do I'll do it okay because you said to do it Lord I'm going to do it your way I'm going to try it your way and let's see what happens let's see if you know what you're talking about sure enough Jesus knew what he was talking about and there it was so much fish that their nets were ready to burst they were shocked they were shocked you know when is the last time you've been shocked by Jesus when is the last time Jesus just showed up and shocked you I think about two weeks ago when a young lady got baptized whose grandmother had been praying for her whole life and that family packed out a whole row. Packed out a whole row. Unfortunately, her grandmother passed the next day. But we were talking last week and talking with one of the family members this morning. God set that up. The grandmother was not going to go. Until her sweet granddaughter got baptized, took the plunge of faith and said, I have decided to follow Jesus. That's a shocking moment. Jesus showing up to shock us, to let us know if you will just do life my way and listen to me, I will shock you. Because I want you to know how much I love you. They were shocked. Jesus wants to do great things for us, great things in us, and great things through our life if we will just surrender to him. If we will just surrender to him. Peter, here he's feeling like he's a failure. Peter feeling like he's washed up and dried up, like, man, I don't have any business doing this anymore. And Jesus said, listen, I've got something for you. I want to shock you. And then verse 7 says, they waved to their business partners in the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. Now here's where Jesus takes it from it being just about Peter to Peter looking and seeing other people. They wave to their partners for help. Help, we got so much fish we're about to go under. Their boat comes over. They, they help bring the, the nets in. Their boat's about to sink. Both boats about to sink. That's a lot of fish because boats aren't supposed to sink when you're just fishing. Boats sink when you hit icebergs. When you hit things you shouldn't hit. You got You forgot to put the plug in or something. You know what I mean? Boats aren't supposed to sink just by fishing. But that's how much fish... They had. Here's what here's what this tells us. Your relationship with Jesus opens up opportunities to make an impact on other people. Did you know that? Did you know that your relationship you and I have with Jesus will open up opportunities for us to make life-altering impacts in somebody else's life? That's why relationship with Jesus is more than personal. He, Yes, he does save you personally. He does deal with you personally. But then he personally wants to use you to personally minister to other people. This, fit, this catch, it was estimated, scholars have estimated that this catch right here that they caught was nearly one ton of fish. Nearly one ton. That is what they averaged over the course of two weeks. So the course of two weeks' worth of work was done in one cast. That made a difference in their business. That made a life-altering impact in their life. All because Peter was like, you know, I, I, I suck at this. Can I say that? I stink at this. I'm not that good at this, Lord. I told you I would do it, but I failed. I failed and, and I, I don't feel like I should belong here. I don't feel like you can really do anything with me. I know I saw you on the shore of Galilee a while back and you came up to me and you said, follow me and I tried it and I did, it just didn't wasn't working well for me. There was something in it that I just didn't want to give myself to and I went back to fishing and I went back to doing life my way and I just don't know that you can use me but that Peter who said, okay, I'll do it one more time because you tell me to Lord, because you tell me to. I'm scared and I'm worried and I'm doubtful and I don't have but just a little bit of hope if in this life if it can even turn around for me and sure enough Jesus not only shocked Peter but then because Peter said yes to him his relationship with Jesus impacted the life of others around him that's what Jesus wants to do with every single one of us he wants us to make an impact in somebody else's life because of the relationship we have with Jesus if our relationship with Jesus is dried up and stale then we need to ask Jesus to pull. Pour some water on us, pour some spirit on us, pour some oil on us, pour some power on us, Pour some. put some fire in our soul. Get us lit again, that kind of lit, not the other kind of lit, the kind of lit that loves Jesus more than anything else. And let that relationship we have with him be tangible into someone else's life. That's what he wants to do in this day and hour, in these last days, in these dark days. You heard about it. Timothy talked about it. Paul wrote about it. Peter preached about it. Jesus warned about it. It will get dark. It will get desperate. It will get crazy out there. It's a cray-cray world, but the believers of Christ are supposed to be steadfast, supposed to be solid, supposed to be immovable in this world because that's the kind of kingdom that lives inside of believers, not the kingdom of this world, but the kingdom of God that cannot be shaken, that cannot be pushed around, But and it will... And it that kind of kingdom of God will penetrate the light, or the, excuse me, the darkness in this world with his light. And that's what he wants to do with us. That's what he wants to do with us. So the question is Is our relationship with Jesus impacting those that we live with? Think about your home. How's your relationship with Jesus impacting those you live with? Is our relationship with Jesus impacting those that we work with? Think about the people you work with. Are you having an impact that is Jesus-focused? What about the people that we go to school with? People you sit next to in the cafeteria in a classroom, in English class. Is your relationship with Jesus impacting those you live next door to? Do your neighbors know you? Do the people around you know you? Do they know you exist? Do you wave at them? Do you smile at them? We got two neighbors two doors down from us that it's taken ten years to get them to wave back at us. Every time we drove by their house, they're outside. We we'll wave. Why aren't they waving? Maybe they just didn't see us wave. Finally, finally, I'm on a walk with my littlest ones a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and car pulls up behind me and winded down. Howdy, neighbor. I turn it. It's the neighbor we've been waving at for 10 years. He can talk. How are you? We had a short conversation, pleasant. I thought, man. Waving is paid off. People we live next to. People we see in public. How do we treat the people at the restaurants? Now that you can go back to one. How do you treat the person checking your groceries out? If it's not the self-check mode... How do you treat the sales associate when you're getting your oil changed? It's taking forever. Whatever. People in public. How's our relationship with Jesus affecting those that we worship with? How close are we? How engaged are we? What about those we fellowship with on a regular basis? Does it go beyond just fist bumps and elbow hits and air high fives are we investing in one another's life Jesus wants the relationship we have with him to impact people around us and I'm not insinuating we all got to learn how to preach no we just all got to get better at how we love the Lord Because that's what will change people around us. The catch. Can I close with this? You guys got time? Verse 8. said, Simon Peter saw all of this, this miracle, this astonishing miracle. He knelt at Jesus' feet and he begged him. He said, go away from me, Master. I am a sinful man. The New Living Translation says, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around. And Peter and the other fishermen, including his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were all struck over this miracle catch of fish. I think Jesus did this miracle to show Peter that he loved him, that he wanted to be in his life, And that he wanted to use his life for a greater purpose in spite of how Peter felt. Because we can feel like Peter sometimes. We can feel unworthy. Some of us might struggle and feel like we're just unlovable. There might be the other side of that, the flip side of the coin. We might feel real arrogant and prideful. Here's what I want to say is don't let the awareness and the reality of your sin and your shortcomings push you away from Jesus. Let those things drive you closer to him. He wants it because he wants you. Verse 10, Jesus said this. He answered Peter and he said, Hey, do not yield to your fear. Simon Peter... You ever, anybody ever talk, you ever in a conversation and they use your name in the conversation? They're talking to you about this or that. And I just want to tell you, Jeremy, what are they trying to tell you? Listen. Listen. Jesus says, do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, I'm not worried about yesterday, Jesus is like I'm not worried about what you did last week now I'm talking about from right now from now on, Peter right here, this moment, from now on you will catch men for salvation from now on, but first, hey Peter, don't don't yield to your fear man, Jesus knew he was fearful Jesus knows you and I deal with fear at different levels. There's all sorts of different levels of fear. Fear of failing. Fear of not being good enough. Fear of people. Fear of making mistakes. Fear of letting people down so I just don't even bother to try. Fear. Fear of messing up fear of, maybe it's fear of just letting Jesus in because you're scared of what he might ask you to do. But before he asks us to do anything, he does it all. He shows us his love. Shows us his love. Shows us his love because he wants us to know you can trust him tis so sweet to trust in Jesus you can trust him he wants you to trust him he's not out yeah he wants to use your life absolutely but he can if you don't trust him he wants you to trust him and he tells that to Peter don't yield to your fear Peter let me all the way into your life let me all the way in and you trust me you yield to me You surrender to me, Peter, because from now on you will catch men for salvation. You're no longer going to catch fish that will die and be consumed. You're going to catch people and then release them into life and freedom. I'm going to use you to change somebody else's life, Peter. Say, what? You mean you can do that with me? Yeah. Yeah. First, I need you to follow me, learn from me, yield to me, interact with me, be close with me. And That's where we end, verse 11. After pulling their boats to the shore, they left everything behind and they followed Jesus. They left everything behind and followed Jesus. I didn't know what I was saying yes to 27 years ago to the call. It's been an adventure. It's been a ride. And it's not even over. As long as I have breath and able, the Lord wants to keep using me to do this, I will keep doing it. The catch to being a disciple and a disciple maker is... Well, it's being willing to leave everything and just follow Jesus. Leave your hurts. Leave your past. Leave your preconceived ideas. Leave the excuses. And truly trust the one who knows everything about us. As he steps into our life, calls us out, He has a plan. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And He wants to use your life for His glory. And here's the thing, you know, the enemy would like to trick us and say, you give it all up, you're not going to have anything. The truth is, we actually gain more by giving it up to Him. We gain a whole lot more when we just give it all up to him. That's how he works. That's how he rolls. That's how he does it. As a disciple, in following Jesus, you're going to fall short. Just don't stay down. Get back up because Jesus calls you up. And as one who tries to make more disciples, you're going to show people you're not perfect. you got to be willing to let them see that. you got to be willing to let people see you don't have it all together. But you're following the one who will keep you together. The perfect one. Jesus. If you're able to stand, would you stand? I want to pray with you. Pray for you. Bow our heads. Oh Father, you are so kind and gracious, and so merciful, so tender. Yet yeah, you you are so fierce and so strong. There's nothing you cannot do. We lean on you today, and we look to you today as you are calling us, each of us, to go deeper. In our relationship and our walk with you, you're telling us, "Hey, it's time. Time to take the next few steps. It's time to, to let to let go of the side and to get out a little deeper. Because there's some things that only you can that only can happen if we go out a little deeper than staying closer to the edge. So we go out a little deeper today. Help us to do that." trust you you will show up, you will shock us to remind us you got us you got us you want to love us you want to be in our life you want to be the center you want to use our life for your glory, for a greater purpose because you called us before the foundations of this world, you set us apart and called us by name and here we are, may we hear you may we respond to you and may we go for it, and surrender all, not yielding to our fear, but from now on, taking one day at a time, one step at a time, following Jesus, following our Savior. We open our life up now. Fill us fresh with Your Spirit, I pray, in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Pastor Lindsay is going to come and close the service out. I will just say this: if You're here today and you would like to take the next step of being water baptized. After service, we'll meet you upstage to do that. If you're watching online, come next week. You can get baptized. God bless you.